Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On December 21st, 2020, a family in California City, California, reported two toddler boys missing. Now, a year later, the community is looking at the same family for answers. My name is Sophia Talley, and this is True Crime Emmett. In today's case, we'll be talking about child abuse and the loss of two children. And so if this is a subject that is hard for you to hear, then please, please, please look into some of my other videos. Take care of you first. I'll be back next week with another one. So just keep that in mind. And I will not take it personally if you decide, you know, that's it. I can't listen to this one today. I completely understand. So Monday, December 21st, 2020 was a quiet afternoon for the West family in California City. Jacqueline West was inside of her house wrapping presents for their six children. It was a big family. Four other children were adopted and two were biological. Meanwhile, Trezell West decided to take their two toddlers outside, three-year-old Orson and four-year-old Orin to go play on the patio with some sidewalk chalk. And while the kids were playing outside and while Jacqueline was inside, Trezell decided that, you know, it's a cold day. He wanted to gather some firewood to make a fire, but they didn't have any in their backyard. So he actually opened the back gate, left the yard and was able to collect firewood from a what he says is a nearby lot. And so he would just find this firewood and then toss it through the gate. So the gate was always within walking distance of him. Meanwhile, mom was inside, but there was no adult with these two toddlers who were on the patio. At one point, Trezell looks up. It's around 4.30 p.m. or 5 p.m. And he realizes the boys are gone. And so he rushes in to his wife, Jacqueline, tells her, hey, do you have the boys? And upon realizing that the boys are not in the house and that they are not in the backyard or the front yard, the parents begin to panic and they begin to search for the missing toddlers. But after driving around in the family van, looking up and down their neighborhood, Trezell realized that he just could not find them. There was just no trace of them. He even claimed to stop a neighbor asking if they've seen two black boys, little ones walking on their own. And this neighbor has not seen them. And they're so small. Trezell was worried that if they weren't in the proximity, then maybe these boys were taken. And so that night, the West family reports their to adoptive sons missing. But immediately when police arrive, 
the West story start to fall to pieces. So the police arrive with K-9 units and immediately there's a issue with the story being told because these dogs do not smell these children outside of the home. Their scent is not on the patio. It's not in the backyard or front yard or in any of the surrounding areas. They only smell these two children's scent inside of the home. And so police begin to speculate, were these children even outside? And upon questioning neighbors, these neighbors just never seen these two children or any children playing outside in the front or backyards, which is odd because remember, this is a family. Now, I only have one child and I swear everyone in this neighborhood knows what my son looks like because we are always in our backyard. We're always in and out of the house. Children keep you busy. Granted, this was around lockdown. This was December 2020. So people weren't really traveling as much as we do now in 2022. However, you would think if you're stuck at your house, you will see kids running around your yard. It's just, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, the neighbors begin to speculate that something odd is going on here. And so do the police. And so... That night, the same night that the boys were reported missing, they actually questioned Trizel and Jacqueline. Now, we don't know what is being said during this questioning, but we do know that at this point, as soon as the investigation begins, the remaining children are seized by police. And Trizel and Jacqueline can only see them on monitored visits, so visits where they're is an authority figure in the room to make sure the children are safe. This is odd. You don't normally see this in these missing children's cases. Of course, everyone is treated as a suspect until proven otherwise, but it's odd that they went and removed the children from the household within the first few hours of the case. Also within hours of the boys being reported missing. So the very next day, the family van is actually seized by police to be searched along with bags and bags of evidence is being removed from the house. Now, later, Trizel and Jacqueline claims that the only things that were stolen were their electronics, so cell phones and laptops, tablets, things like that. But there's just so many bags. You know, how many phones do you have? So that that being said, it is not uncommon for police to remove items from the family home when there is a missing child's case. Because, again, as I said before, everyone is viewed as a suspect. But the combination of the vehicle being seized, the children being removed from the home, and then all of their electronic devices being seized, it's just very fishy at this point. Nothing, nothing is adding up. Also at this time, the FBI is officially involved. On that Wednesday, it gets worse for the West family when they decide to get on camera and conduct this train wreck of an interview with their local news. 
channel. And so I'm going to play a few key parts of this clip just so that way you guys can see exactly what I was seeing. But it is not good. First and foremost, when you are looking up this video on YouTube, of course, I'm going to link the video as well. I'm going to show the video if you are watching. And of course, I'm going to play it if you're listening. But when you are watching this footage, the first thing you've noticed that's very odd here is the body language. Now, it's hard to read facial expressions during this interview because both parents are wearing masks because, again, it is December of 2020. But be- even though you can't read their face, their body uh, movements and positioning is also very strange. The whole time, Jacqueline is just swaying back and forth, back and forth, while Trezell is going through this obviously very rehearsed story about what happened that day. In fact, I was looking through the comments of that video because whenever I do anything, YouTube comments always kind of Sometimes they leave me clues to other evidence that you could again corroborate with news stories. And so I was looking through these comments and one person commented, the reporter asked them what happened that day. And the first thing he says is, it was cold that day. You know, starting off with an irrelevant fact, you know, that has nothing to do with the disappearance of the two boys. And these that this these weird answers continue throughout the segment and i'm going to play a clip right now of the couple just being very defensive and talking a lot about their own feelings and not so much talking about their boys so i called the cops cops came first thing they did was tell us to stay in the house so they can get a hold of us and they had us just sitting there and we wanted to keep searching but everybody came out in droves and I wanted to thank you guys that night, but we couldn't go outside. The cops told us the best are out here. The best are out here searching and we appreciate it. And nobody ever could tell, we could never talk to anybody. And that was the issue. We just want to thank everybody. We really want to and, thank you uh, guys. Please, if anybody has seen them, please call, let somebody know. It, it called the cops, call, California the City Police Department. Call them and let them know what you've seen, if you see anything. Our boys, they, they are going to be rambunctious, okay? <clears throat> they are going to be here in this area. And I really would like to go in the houses, but it's not because I want to invade people's privacy. So now keep that clip in mind. And now I want you to listen to this clip because someone asked, can you describe these boys? Describe these boys to me. And this is what these two parents, adopted parents had to say about Orin and Orson's personality. What kind of what kind of boys are these? Tell, tell us about the boys. Very playful, very rambunctious. And they do love to wrestle. They, they do love to kind of get rough with each They're other. Kids. They're kids. Of course, they would love to go out, but we would, so during the pandemic, we weren't trying to go, you know, out here. And so we stay inside. Not one kind attribute was listed to describe these two adorable, beautiful baby boys. Okay. 
Absolutely none. Three and four is a wonderful age. It's when their personality starts to really show is when they start talking to you and telling you their likes and dislikes. I can't even knit while I tell you this story because I'm so infuriated. But these children are missing. In the interview, Trezell and Jacqueline speculate that these boys were kidnapped. And usually when you mourn someone, you're just thinking, oh, how much I miss them, how much I love them. And when they go and describe these boys, they say, rambunctious boys they imply that they're rough and Jacqueline just says they're kids you know I'm I'm taking this story pretty personal because my son is almost three he is the age of the youngest boy here Orin I see I Orson I get their names confused and we're going to talk about why that is but Orson's the youngest and but at three there's so many adjectives you can use to describe your three-year-old they're funny they are Active is another word to use. Like rambunctious just sounds like they're annoying. And he even makes that annoyed sound at the beginning of that clip. Like, ugh. Our boys, they they are going to be rambunctious. Okay. Ugh. And he goes on to use all these negative attributes, these negative descriptions to describe the sons that he adopted. And this along with the way that the children were being were allegedly being taken care of at the time that they disappeared completely angered the community. So, remember how I said at the time of their alleged disappearance, mom was inside wrapping presents, so very preoccupied. Dad was outside, not even on the property allegedly according to him, to his words, um, he was collecting wood from another property. Granted, the gate was open. He said he was tossing wood into the open gate, which is so odd to me because children are always up your butt. Like here's some real talk right now. If I was, because I have firewood at the side of my house next to my gate, very similar setup. Only mine is on my property. If I were to go to the gate, you know, open up the gate and throw in firewood, I wouldn't be able to throw it. Because my two and a half year old will be right there in the line of fire watching me, making sure that he is in the way. So this story makes no sense. And as he's telling this story, there is actually a woman in the audience of this interview. They're outside because it's COVID. So we're all outside. And she's just questioning. I'm like, how come no one was watching these boys? Where were you guys? And at this point, the couple gets extremely defensive, which, you know, Fair enough, because they're being called out on their parenting, but their defensiveness crosses the line. And why did it take two people to go in the house and leave two kids out here by themselves? It should have been one parent going in and one parent right here watching the child, not two parents going in the house oh, oh, and leaving so you, two little kids out here by themselves for 10 minutes. No, they were in the backyard. And the so back gate was open. And the back gate was open, and I was getting wood so from you this guys lot here. Been unresponsible, left the gate open, left some little kids outside with the gate open. All right. Uh, uh, sorry. Now, also during this interview, a reporter brings up Orin and Orson's bio mom story. So Orin Orson's bio mom is very much alive, and she 
actually had her children taken from her in custody. And they don't go through her entire story to interview, but they mention how she feels about her son's adoptive parents. She was concerned for her child's well-being to the point where she would write letters to child services begging them for her children back or just saying, hey, my children are not being treated right. They're looking skinny and unhappy and quiet. They're not being themselves. In fact, once their birth mom was made aware of their disappearance, she immediately pointed a finger at Trezell and Jacqueline. When Oren and Orson were born, they actually had different names. The oldest boy, Oren, was actually named Sincere. And the youngest boy, Orson, was named Classic. And I think these names are just adorable. But unfortunately, they were taken from their bio mom shortly after birth. The oldest, who we know as Oren, but born sincere. See, this is why we're getting confused and I'm looking down at my notes because these alliteration names, I just... Anyway, the oldest boy, unfortunately, at three months, um, his mother rushed him to the hospital because he was just crying uncontrollably. And she had just left him in the care of his father, whose name is Charles Pettis. And when the mother asked Charles, hey, What's wrong with my boy? Why is he crying so much? He said nothing happened. But upon bringing him to the hospital, it has been reported that both of his legs were broken at three months. Understandably so, he was immediately taken from the home. And when his bo- and when his brother was born a year later, he was also taken as well. With custody, with with child services telling the parents, we do not want to separate these two siblings. And we believe that you are unfit to care for these two siblings. So just a heartbreaking story all the way around. And I will note that in some news articles, it is said that it was just his hip being broken. But whenever I noticed it was the hip, and whenever the hip was the one being mentioned, it was almost always a quote from a bio family member. So I'm taking the broken two legs as the actual facts, because that is what I found in my articles that I've been looking up. And of course, I'll put that in the show notes. So I just want to share with you that discrepancy, little details like that are always kind of weird in these cases, especially when it happens well before the crime takes place. So just take that with a grain of salt. But we do know there was some serious abuse happening in that household at the hands of their bio parents and just very tragic. And so these boys were then given what was thought to be a second chance. And unfortunately, it just it just didn't play out that way. In fact, the courts gave them to someone who may have been just as, if not more, abusive. So now that you know the background of where the boys came from, now I'm going to tell you what the bio mom told the press and her community. Um, You know, we just spoke to the biological mother. She says she had a conversation with you guys um, and that she thinks there's some kind of foul play involved. That She thinks you guys did something. And that's understandable. What's your, what's your response to that? That's understandable. I would think the same thing. Yep. I mean, that's exactly the point. And if we can find our, find our babies, then guess what? That's that's no. And that's all I want is to find our babies. That's it. 
And I talked to her this morning and I really wanted to tell her that um, I am completely sorry because we were entrusted with her children and they came to us and they became our children. Jacqueline Trezell, during their interview, did not act surprised at all that that they were being blamed for the disappearance. In fact, they said something literally insane. They literally say, that's understandable. I need a knit a row. I'm sorry. I uh, Hold on. Imagine you're accused of murdering your adoptive children. And the only thing you have, the only thing you have to say for yourself is that's understandable. So you could only imagine the consequences of this interview. First, by the 29th, police were able to conclusively say that they believe that there is foul play happening in this case, despite the fact that they didn't find anything. Police did search the home. They even dug up the backyard where there was all that dirt, as we talked about before, and they didn't find anything. But they still suspected foul play. Now, there is no suspect being named, but it is speculated that Jacqueline and Trezell is their enemy number one. This is speculated based upon the fact that police were seen digging up the couple's backyard and searching their home extensively day and night. But unfortunately, the boys were never found. Now, the couple lived in California City for only three months before the boys disappeared. Before that, they were living in Bakersfield, which is where their bio family lives. And so police began to question the community in California City. When was the last time they've seen these two boys? And the neighbors admit that they have never seen them. At that point, police began to speculate Maybe these boys were never in California City at all. Maybe they were in Bakersfield. Maybe they passed on before the couple moved to California City. When this first happened, this case did not get a ton of media attention. It wasn't until people who's trying to bring awareness to missing and murdered Black women and children began to pull the story into the public eye. And once the general public got a whiff of what was happening here. It was straight anarchy. This case gains the attention of many sleuthing communities across the interwebs. And it doesn't help that the West family also has been documenting the search for Orin and Orson on their website called www.finderboys2021. So, and on this website, extended family members are posting, you know, tidbits about the boys, the last time they've seen them, things that the police are letting them talk about, things like that. And according to these communities, the type of things that these families are posting is just really suspicious. But the internet are beginning to distrust the West family story to the point where the West family are now being harassed in their own home. There's groups of people gathering around their house. There's people throwing rocks at their house, yelling at them, chanting. A literal fist fight broke out in the street somewhere in this area between two grown men who argued about what was happening in this case. There was just so much public 
outcry and disgust going on surrounding this family that the West actually had to move back to Bakerfield. And they claim they moved back to help and work with a biological mom. And this is what is being said in the media. However, after doing more research into the biological family, it is clear that they want absolutely nothing to do with the West and that they believe that the Wests are the culprits and the ones who murdered their two boys. One year after their disappearance, Oren and Orson's bio family actually filed a lawsuit against the county claiming that they warned child services that the Wests were unfit parents, sent letters and everything, and that their warnings were ignored. And so they are suing, I believe, for $40 million at this moment. And honestly, I'm not sure if they even have a case specifically because, you know, on paper, with the abuse that happened prior to the boys being adopted by the West family, the abuse that was going on in their bio family, it's just you just can't ignore it, um, especially since it was documented by the local hospital. Finally, a break is made in the case. Now, we don't know exactly what happened to make the police come up with this conclusion, but police arrest Trezell and Jacqueline on March 1st, 2022 and charge them with second degree murder. Police reveal that during their investigation, they found evidence to suggest that these boys were murdered three months prior to when they were reported missing. So if you remember, the family only lived in California City for three months. So if the boys were murdered three months prior, they were most likely murdered in Bakersfield and were never in California City at all. Call the cops. Call California City Police Department. Call them and let them know what you've seen. Now, as of March 8th, there has been a gag order issued for everyone involved in this case. So no one can talk about it. Investigators, the families, no one can talk about what exactly happened or anything pertaining to the case. But so, but we do know that police feel so strongly about their suspicion of this couple murdering their children that they arrested them. And and the fact that they feel this strongly to arrest them at this time after gathering evidence for two years, it makes me feel like that they have some serious, serious information that they are not revealing right now. And as of now, of the filming of this episode, it is June 2022. And we still do not know where these boys remains are. Police are certain that they are deceased. They're not quite sure where they could be. It's speculated that their bodies are somewhere in the Bakerfield area. They almost are certain that it is not in the house that they resided in in California City because they dug it all up. And the cadaver dogs did not find any uh, trace of these boys sent outside of the home. So we don't know exactly what evidence put the nail in the coffin, but we do know that it is strong enough for an arrest and strong enough for a gag order. So I will be updating this case once it goes through the courts. I So once there is maybe next season, we'll do a full episode of what is going to happen next. But everyone is certain that those boys are gone. And now we are just pleading, pleading for anyone who was part of the West family to talk because it is speculated that family members knew that these boys were deceased. Um, but 
chose not to say anything. Trezell and Jacqueline are actually pleading not guilty as of now. And as of March 3rd, another bio mom came forward. Her name is Majedia Williams. And she said that her boys were placed with the West and she has not seen them since they lived with the West family and she is pleading with the West to show her a proof of life. This case is absolutely heartbreaking. It truly, truly is a cautionary tale of our adoption system. You know, if you feel like you can adopt a child and you feel like you have it in your soul to do so, do it. Just so that way we can prevent these horrible, horrible abusers from adopting these children and hurting them. This story really broke my heart and I took it really personally because I would love to adopt. I cannot right now. I have my hands full with my lovely two-year-old, but it's just one of those things where it's like this could have been avoided if these if these children were checked up on they weren't seen for three months three months where was child services what took so long was it because they moved was it the move that kind of threw everything out of order there's just so much here there's so much negligence everyone failed these children their biological family failed them their adopted family failed them the courts fail them. And this happens every day. And the children that survive these abuse turn into adults that face great disadvantages that children who grew up in a loving, stable home do not have to worry about. I just want everyone to keep that in mind. My name is Sophia Talley, and this is True Crime and Knit. For more information, please visit www.thedrugmeter.com. Stay safe, my friends. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.